0: What do you do when you have New York, kids stuck in Massachusetts talking sports with you right here on the Tuesday morning? It's time for WTBR Sports Talk at 89.7 WTBR 89 FM right here in downtown Pittsburgh. Give us a call right here at 445-5943 on our Sports Talk Party on a Tuesday. Let's go. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? It's time for another edition of WTBR Sports Talk as uh, we bring down the J. Giles Band. Tuesday morning, as always, here at 10 o'clock here at WTBR 89.7. Robbie Zucker joining you for another day of sports talk. Fun, fun, fun. It's a beautiful day outside, actually. Yesterday was great. It was like Indian summer. It was like 60 degrees outside. <laughs> and I walked outside. I had no idea what the temperature was yesterday. I walk outside and I got my ski hat on, and my scarf on, and my heavy coat outside. I realized it's like almost 60 degrees. I looked ridiculous, you know, but uh, that's all right. I bundled up, you know. It still felt good. So, but today is not bad. Today high of 44, so you know, feeling that spring feeling, you know. Anyway, we're going to be joined by uh, probably by uh, Ralph Roby of WPAT. We're going to talk a little sports day. And I got a couple questions for people today. Um, I want to know, you know, baseball, this is just so aggravating with the whole baseball negotiations and so forth. I know we're going to have a season. The question is, will it start on time? Are they going to get their you-know-what together? I have no idea. There's so many different things they've been talking about. And, you know, just all kinds of things for rookie players. They finally got the DH worked out, so that's good. Let's see if we can work out some other things and get this done. But uh, I want to know, like, what can you do to fix baseball? Call me and tell me, 445 5943 5943 I want to know what we can do to fix baseball, bring baseball back, make baseball appealing to young people. If you have any ideas, give me a call at 413-445-5943 right here at WTBR Sports Talk here at 89.7 FM. And... Uh, Hopefully going to be a really great week I got to go down to Daryl's house on Thursday night Because I'm going to go see Wishbone Ash So uh, I haven't heard a Wishbone Ash song here on WTBR So if they don't have one in the 10,000 album library I may have to donate one here But uh, yeah, they've been around 50 years And actually 52 if you count the last two years They were supposed to play Actually two years ago I had tickets So I've been holding on these tickets for two years So I'm calling the place, the website To try to figure out if the tickets are still good At the Will call window So I got a message today Yes, you're okay. You know, it used to be so easy. You you pick up tickets at the box office, stick the tickets in your pocket, and you go down there and have these, you know, web tickets and email tickets. You have this giant thing that looks, you know, like a poster, but it's actually a ticket when you walk into the facility, you know, to go to the concert. So it's going to be really psyched. So I'm going down with a bunch of my friends, and uh, my buddy Danny hopefully will give us a call today. He's on the road usually during the day. So anyway, 413. Four four five five nine four three. So let's talk about some things. You know, what's going on with Juwan Howard? What's going on with Michigan, Wisconsin? I don't know if anybody saw the end of that game, but it was ridiculous. A brawl between Michigan and Wisconsin. Juwan, uh, Juwan Howard and uh, Coach Greg Gard of Wisconsin. Greg Gard decides, I mean, Greg Gard, you know, there's no excuse for what Juwan Howard did, there's no excuse for it, but Greg Gard's taking a timeout. You know, at the, at the end of the game, because the inbounds pass, you know, my, you, know, they, you know, to take a timeout, basically what he wanted to do is he, you know, he didn't want to waste the whole clock. So uh, I think it was like four seconds. So he wanted to reset the clock by calling a timeout, which is so ridiculous. I mean, the game's basically over already. You know, you're killing them. You know, it's a blowout already. I mean, it, you know, the final score was 77-63. You know, it's it's so ridiculous. And uh, so at the end of the game, you know, you look at the you know handshake line and people are walking through and stuff. You're thinking, okay, it's the end of the game. And all of a sudden, before you know it, here's Greg Gard poking uh, Howard in the chest. Next, you know, Howard's poking back. And then Howard decides he's going to throw, uh, you know, a, a punch at, uh, at uh, the assistant coach. And it's like, what's going on here? So uh, Howard gets five games suspension for the rest of the season, $40,000 fine. Three players from, uh, excuse me, two players from Michigan and one player from Wisconsin get one game suspensions, and then uh, guard gets a forty thousand dollar fine. But there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse for what Jawan Howard did. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, I mean, you're supposed to set an example. You know, especially in college sports or any sport, you're supposed to set an example as coaching. So I mean, there's just no excuse for it. But let you know, but with Greg Gard, I mean, come on, you know, taking a time out there—that's ridiculous. The game's over. It's seventy-seven sixty-three. I can understand Dewan Howard getting aggravated, but there's no excuse for throwing punches. That is not, that is inexcusable. I'm sorry. Even even with as, as, as stupid as it was for him to take a timeout, it's just inexcusable. So, you know, so he gets uh, suspended and uh, five games for the rest of the season, $40,000 fine. And uh, Greg Gard gets a $40,000 fine. And three players get suspended. But I mean, and there's a lot of apologies that Michigan, uh, you know, athletic. Uh, director called Wisconsin to apologize, but this is just inexcusable, though. This is inexcusable, Juwan Howard. And it's not like Juwan Howard hasn't had problems before on the court. He has, you know, as far as his temper as a coach. So it's just, you know, there's no excuse for it. That's all I'm going to say, and we move on. But maybe we can learn from it. So um, the All-Star game, I did not watch. I know LeBron was MVP. I have no interest in the NBA All-Star game. I used to. It was a lot of fun. Now they have Team LeBron and Team this. Just play the East versus the West. Chris Paul now out for six weeks, boy, that's gonna hurt a really fun Suns team that really, to me, has the best chance of winning the NBA championship at West. I mean, at least I think they're the best team out there. I mean, you could you could argue that there's some other teams, obviously Golden State, but uh, but uh, Chris Paul out six weeks and he's been playing with a bad hand for quite a while, so that's really hopefully uh, not gonna set back the uh, Phoenix Suns too bad, but but it will it will hurt them, especially his leadership on the court. You know, obviously he's having a great year, his numbers always great, he's fun to watch. Would have been fun if the Knicks would have signed him, right, years ago. Remember the Knicks were talking about getting Chris Paul, and uh, obviously they, you know, they didn't. So, and uh, the, we'll talk about the Knicks are in trouble. But what about the Celtics? How in the world? I don't get this. How in the world do you blow out Philadelphia, score 135 points, and then the next night, okay, I know, I know you're short. I know Marcus Smart didn't play, and then you lose to the lonely Pistons. 112 to 111? How does that happen? Talk, Wow. Talk about a setback after a tremendous winning streak. So uh, Celtics hopefully getting their uh, stuff together and uh, getting back on track after just a, a tremendous run. And uh, then all of a sudden, what goes on? They lose the lonely Pistons. They were just awful. How would you like to be a fan of Detroit? Well, the Red Wings are getting better. And the Tigers, I guess, have improved. But, boy, that, that city has suffered for quite a while. So, 413-445-5943 right here on WTBR Sports Talk. We'll also get into this quarterback free agency. We'll talk about Jimmy G. Where is he going to go? He's obviously not going to stay with San Francisco. They have a young quarterback that they want to develop. So, I don't know if he's going to resign. Um, Aaron Rodgers, where is he going to go? Is he going to stay in Green Bay And then, of course, Russell Wilson. Is Russell Wilson going to stay in Seattle? I think Russell Wilson needs to make up his mind. Russell Wilson, you know what? You played for that franchise. You know, you were in two Super Bowls. Should have won one, right? Three guys approved of that played. (laughs) Don't give the ball to the best running back on short yards since Jim Brown. Throw the ball in the middle of the field. We won't talk about it because it's old already. But Russell Wilson has to make up his mind whether he wants to play in Seattle or not. And he suits Seattle. So I, I think Russell Wilson will stay there. Now, let's talk about Tom Brady. Oh, boy. Now, I predicted on this station about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, that Tom Brady would return to the NFL in some form of quarterback somewhere. Maybe Tampa Bay still has a year on his contract. Perhaps Tampa drafts a young quarterback, or they sign a free-agent quarterback, and they say to Tom Brady, okay, uh, we'll trade you someplace probably an AFC team. I don't think they want to trade him to the 49ers, although that would be the ideal place for Tom growing up and being a an Niners fan as a kid. Certainly would be a, ideal for Tom Brady. And Jimmy G, where does he go? Could I could see Tom Brady going to Indianapolis would be interesting. So 413-445-4234. Uh, anyway, I think my phone is ringing, so we're going to take our first call, but we're going to take a little bit of a timeout. And then we'll be back with uh, more uh, WTBR sports talk. <laughs>
1: I smoke because it's a habit. It's very hard to quit. I've tried. My wife smokes. It's not allowed in the home. It's not allowed around my children. I just know it isn't good. My husband hates that I smoke and I smoke outside. It irritates her a little bit, but I think she sees and understands what I'm trying to get across to her, that it's not only bad to her, but it's bad to my three beautiful daughters and my two sons.
2: My dad gets upset with my mom because
1: she smokes and he doesn't, and whenever my mom goes and smokes, she has to go smoke outside. I don't think my mom should smoke because it's really bad for you and it could hurt you
0: really
2: bad. I do think there is a correlation between parents and kids. The parent smokes, the kids think it's okay for them to smoke. Sometimes, all you need is a small reason to quit. Yeah, I love my mom very much, but I still wish she'd stop smoking. Smoking, if you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hello, Phil Tierney here the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening.
0: TBR Sports Talk, right here on eighty-nine 8, point seven FM WTBR. We took a little time out there to get our phone lines straight, so I got a phone call right now. So well, let's go to the phones right now. All right, good morning. You're on the air. Hello, hello, caller.
3: Robbie, what's happening? Hey, there you are.
0: How you doing, Ralph? I was.
3: I'm okay. I'm okay. I got you. Somebody stuck uh, you at? You asked how, how to fix baseball. Yes. Well, it sounds funny, it may sound like it's a contradiction in terms, but you don't fix it. You kinda of go you kinda of revert back to the way it was once meant to be played. And those who don't take to it these days that need an immediate fix, you know, the ones with a, a five second attention span, you just you just forget about them. You don't you just disregard these these fans because they didn't care for the game the way it should be played in the first place. So that pretty much, Robbie, it used to be a beautiful game until they tweaked it with a hundred different ways and these these players started to adjust their crotches and, and uh, do all kinds of things before they get into the batter's box. It was a beautiful game, Rob, at one
0: time. I heard something interesting yesterday talking about that people actually shifted for Rod Carew. I, I never saw anybody shift for Rod Carew. Do you ever see anybody shift for Rod Carew?
3: No, Rod Carew hit the ball to all fields.
0: Wait, right, I know that. That's why it was interesting when I heard that, that somebody said uh, that they actually shifted for Rod Carew, and I watched Rod Carew through a lot of his career, and I never saw anybody shift for him. But Where,
3: Wherever the ball was pitched, you're never getting another guy like Rod Carew, no. by the way. When, wherever the ball was pitched, he went with that pitch. He he was superb. But if he you, was a magician with that bat.
0: If you look at other sports, though, okay, you look at other sports, you look at um, you know, basketball and football, and 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 hockey. I mean, you know, baseball is such a different sport. You know, it's there's no clock and so forth. And they keep talking about speeding up the game, speeding up the game. I don't think it's about speeding up the game at all. Uh, young people, you know, like we always talk about Ralph about instant gratification all the time. Yep. You know, and you know, baseball is not an instant gratification sport. It's a sport that's methodical. But however. What's happened to the game to me is that the analytical aspects, and this is also apparent in basketball, have taken over the common sense, you know, ideologies of the game and and the entertainment value of the game. For for example, um, you know, you and I have talked about this before. You want to make baseball better and more appealing to young people. Bring back speed. Get rid of the shifting. Could you imagine Derek Jeter? I mean, I can't imagine all the hits that Derek Jeter got to right field, and obviously he would have adjusted in some capacity, being the hitter that he is, but, I mean, all the hits he got to right field, including that game-winner against Baltimore, that, that game where uh, it was just so exciting, where the Yankees yep. blew a lead in the ninth, and he hit that you know game-winning walk-off hit in vegetarian fashion, as John Sterling would say. Uh, it's amazing to me. But think of all the hits that he went to right field. Like the second baseman would be standing in the outfield, fielding the ball and throwing the first base. Well, well it
3: seems to me that the shift bothers you the most. Oh, the I don't blame and you everything. For that. Of course. You know, there used to be a rare occasion where they would shift on a guy like Ted Williams. If you, I don't know if you can uh, date back that far. I, I can't, but I know my history. But
0: Ted Williams is the greatest the, uh, of the, all you know, time. The shorts,
3: the, the Shortstop would play on the right side of the infield with the left handed hitter Williams, who pulled everything right and that was the rare that was the rare occasion when that happened now it's an everyday situation they do it all the time but here's the thing about baseball that makes it so wonderful it's a nuanced game as a, it's a, it's not time rigid uh it, it goes it used to be able to go to uh, eighteen nineteen innings, and these people that would go to the ball and they'd sit there all day for a, a double header extra inning game, Uh, they made a day out of it because it was that kind of a game. You know, if you're trying to appeal to the computer guy that sits at the computer all day and instantly gratifies his every whim while sitting (laughs) at the computer, you're not going to appeal to these guys in a million years anyway.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, again, it's 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 attention span and instant gratification. And like I said, baseball is is a much more methodical game. Like golf. I mean, what are you going to do? Put these guys in carts now to speed up the game? You know, what are yeah, you going to do? You know, you know. like Bugs I, Bunny? Or you know, I was no,
3: talking to a friend of mine about yeah. golf. How I say they're not athletes. You know, they get they get you know they swing they swing a club and get into the cart and swing swing the club again. Man, did he give me a ton year because he you know very much thought that golfers were athletes. But I'll tell you. They used to say the same thing about baseball players right? because it's the kind of sport where you stand around a lot, yeah. you know, athleticism just comes into play once in a while. See, you know, those guys that play other sports, Never could play baseball because baseball is so specialized. The hand-eye coordination is different. The most difficult thing in, in in the in the world of sports is to hit a round ball with a round bat squarely. You know, this is right. you just the read thing my that mind. Baseball apart, yeah. right. that's why a Phil Rizzuto can play baseball but would never play basketball for that <laughs> for that reason. You know,
0: right? Short Italian men. No, you know <laughs> Yeah, a little five-six Italian
3: guy. Right. You know, can you imagine that Phil Rizzuto and Freddie Patek can make the—well, Patek's not a Hall of Famer, but Phil Rizzuto can make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. At five, six. That, that was the game that used to be right.
0: played. I, I I can't, you know, it's funny. As many impersonations I do, I'll leave that one to Chris more. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris has the best one. It's so funny. He and I went to rival high schools. And I said, well, we probably, my my high school used to kill his high school in soccer. I mean, we obliterate them. He went to Sleepy Hollow. Oh, speaking
3: of which, yeah, you yeah. bring up a great point. Yeah, so. Did you hear how women want to get paid the same as the men in, in soccer, professional soccer?
0: I, I haven't read that at all recently. No. Okay. No, now okay. the
3: professional soccer players on the men's side. I don't. I don't care for the sport, so I'm not that up on it. They they uh, bring in about twenty five times the revenue as the women's sport. Uh, the women's sport brings in. Right. But the women are complaining. They got their panties in a bunch because they're complaining that they're not making what the men are making, and they're going to concede to these women and actually pay them and take the hit. Just for political correctness, pay them the same salary as they pay the men. And they're going to do it, too, because all these women are... Are screaming bloody murder
0: about it? <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's kind of a mixed feeling for me. I mean, um, you know, obviously that they're going to draw a lot more revenue with the with the men's league, but at the same time, you want people to be paid. You know, it's you know, I always say women should no, be paid I mean, the same salary fairness, as men do. But yeah, I mean, right. think about it. Right, it's ridiculous. Fairness, but think right, about right. it. It's ridiculous. On the right. women
3: on the women's circuit in tennis, the women are better to watch than the men. I'd rather see a women's game than a man a men's yeah. game, and they bring in almost equal amount of
0: revenue. Right, right. So Plus then you understand, right. you know.
3: You're, you're gonna pay a Serena Williams the right. same way you you pay a joke of it
0: yep yep exactly exactly no no well, but on
3: this scale on the soccer well, she's, thing, well, she's built like a guy about I disparaging mean. Uh, numbers you know ranging like a you know, twenty-five times more for the men's game. Anyway, this is the point that I was going to bring up on my show tonight. Anyway,
0: but no, it's an interesting—it's uh, an interesting subject because we always talk about women, you know, getting equal pay in terms of the jobs that they have. And now, you, but yeah, when you're drawing more revenue, but certainly, yeah, watching Serena is—you is, know, she's like watching Djokovic; she's like watching a man. She's like watching. I my favorite tennis player to watch is Nadal. <laughs> I, I love watching Nadal. Oh, he's Niedahl. great. Yeah, he's fantastic. So, right, but you
3: know, that game—that game is like football and baseball too, because. But, is so great nowadays, Rob, talking about the tennis, the rackets, and everything oh, else, yeah. and the, the athletes are so powerful that you don't get the rallies that you used to get uh, back in the Rob Laver mind. The McEnroe day. you just read my mind. the
0: You just read my mind, because I was just going to say I met Rob Laver many, many years ago when I was at camp. We went to New Hampshire, and I watched Rob Laver, and I watched uh, Harold Solomon, who used to wear a hat. His Harold Salva looks like he's hanging in Miami with a yep, you know with a yep, cold yep. drink on a on a recliner in front of a pool wearing a you know wearing a hat you know like one of those white hats those brimmed hats you know that you see like, well, well, like labor friend. played with a wooden racket
3: with a wooden racket, racket.
0: yeah exactly right I mean he was he's, tremendous these
3: guys had talk about nuance talk about uh, great gamesmanship these guys were incredible now these guys are mostly
0: powerful yeah yeah it's all about power now it's all about serve. You know, a lot of these I like I'm particularly watch the serve and volley guys like McEnroe was like I used to like to watch a lot, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, those type of players are more serve and volley. That's what, you know, uh, um, Ron Laver was. And uh, I'm thinking of some other guys okay. I used to like, well, that were more servant volley type players. But but Mac Mac was Mac would yell. It's funny. I never thought I'd be talking tennis here on 1019 right here on WTV. Yeah, right? No, no, no. I used to really enjoy more. I bre- wake up in the morning for breakfast with Wimbledon. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, now I don't follow it as much as I used to. Years ago was better, and I used to like. I used to watch like, Ast- like Nastazi, and uh, you know, and uh, Ivan Lendl, and and all those guys back then. You know, and uh, they were tremendous. I mean, uh, Jimmy Connors. I never. Liked Connors. Our, our one
3: Australian friend is. is he's the one. pulled out with the
0: vaccine. Yeah, Bjorn Borg. What were you saying?
3: I said that one. Our one Australian friend these days is one holdout uh, concerning the vaccine. Oh right, right,
0: right. Yeah, I've read that about. Yeah, he
3: won't. He won't get. He won't. He won't get and jabbed, and he's not going to change his mind. I, I, can, I can appreciate a guy who stands by his conviction, but when they tell him he can't, he can't play, he's got to take it like a man
0: there. Yeah, he just started, I heard he got an apartment with Kyrie Irving in downtown, so. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kyrie, the Kyrie Irving. The non guys. Well, you know that, Columbia, you know, when you, when you think about the world and everything in Magellan and everything else, you know, tell, tell Kyrie Irving that uh, we've, we've made a new discovery. The world, the globe, the world is actually, is round. His, his, head, is, his head, is. head is flat. That's where it is. I, <laughs> I can prove it to you.
0: His head is flat, let me tell you. 10 right here on WTBR <laughs> Sports Talk, joined by none other than uh, WPAT's Ralph Romeo. So, forgive me, I haven't been feeling well, man. i got to tune in. Are you on tonight?
3: Yeah, I'm on tonight. Going to really go, go nuts tonight. And, you know, my broadcast from Wantage, New Jersey is actually, <laughs> we have a better um, a connection here than I did in New York City or Patterson. About wow, that?
0: that's amazing. So, so, wait—is it call in today, or is it just text in? Or
3: well, I don't have the capacity to take phone calls. I take texts. I, I read them on the air. I answer them on the air. But I just have an hour tonight to spend eight. eight- uh, Eastern till
0: nine o'clock tonight. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I know you've been doing a lot of great, great interviews. And uh, you know, it's interesting. You did the interview with the drummer from Ambrosia a couple months ago and they're playing uh, actually down at Daryl's house in a couple of months. I was thinking about getting tickets for that show and stuff. Well, I'm had, going I down. Had
3: yeah. Puck, I had Gary Puck. had Gary from Gary Puck and the union. No yeah, kidding. Wow. And, I, and I had, you and I had Richard. Remember,
0: wow. remember Richard Bay? Richard Bay, I'm trying to think. Um, Great, great uh, TV guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, Richard Uh, Bay
3: from New York. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I I do the interviews to make a little bit more money. I'm going to be honest with you. Nobody knows it. I do the interviews to make a little more money. I I've been trying to get it, people on interviews, but I'm not, but it's so I'm not tough. big on doing these interviews. I really. don't.
0: I've been trying to get some interviews. I get some local stuff, you know, uh, yeah, but it's it's difficult because uh, you know, a lot of West Coast people and stuff have been trying to get on, and it's, it's so early. I'm on at 10 o'clock in the morning, so it's kind of tough. And but uh, I'd love to get some of my former broadcast guys on, and I wanted to uh, actually uh, talk to Pat Boyle about coming on from WFAN. Pat's a great guy. Well, I have Todd I,
3: have Todd. I have Todd coming up. What? I have, um, what? Yeah, Todd. Todd Rungrin. Dude, dude. I
0: am the biggest it's, Todd Rudgren fan. I have like 25 albums of Todd Rudgren. I went to see him last year. Susan and I went to the Mahawi up here. I mean, if you want to talk about big fans of Todd Rudgren, man, I mean, I have a portrait of Todd Rudgren that I did. That's uh, one of my favorite drawings I ever did. So let me know when you have him on because... Um, yeah,
3: two, two, two weeks, I'm told, by the guy who books me these interviews.
0: Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> I mean, he is, like, to me, one of the greatest uh minds in all of music as a producer as a writer as as a a musician he has a new album coming out uh that he was supposed to finish last year and now he's got it's coming out this year but um i saw i've seen him twice in the last five years and last i saw him two years ago with susan i had 15 uh 15th row seats and he was fantastic i mean he's 70 years old and he had some dental work so he he sounds even better now and and he has got a great band with greg hawks from the the cars and uh, kasim uh you know from from when he was um uh, you yeah, know, I when, when you they together. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. I yeah. Oh I Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, do my, I train, do yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. know yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. know, yeah. And the glory years, I know all about that part of their careers. So. Yeah,
0: check out Todd's last album. It was really great. It's uh, it's excellent, excellent record. It's got a lot of people on it. Donald Fagan's on it. He does a song with Daryl Hall. He, In fact, if you go on YouTube and check out uh, Daryl's place, he and he and Todd do some great songs together because they're both from Philadelphia. Interestingly enough, they didn't know each and then, other. And then the week after, and now, yeah. now
3: the 96-year-old Dick Van Dyke will be on it.
0: Wow, he's an amazing guy. My brother met him down at NBC many years ago and he was interviewing down at 30 Rock. And he's the nicest guy I heard, my brother was telling me. So, uh, yeah, that'll be awesome. Very,
3: very nice guy. And You know, just recently, I mean, the guy's 96. You know, he looks, you know, he looks well, you know, he looks his age now. But he held, when he was 90, if you if you go back and check out some of these yeah. pictures, when mm-hmm. he was 85, 88, not, he was tremendously young-looking for his age. He, he was oh,
2: absolutely. phenomenal.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I've been he, doing a lot of pro biologists. Yeah.
3: he's still doing well. Yeah. You know, the great song and dance man. The guy is so versatile. Yeah. He really is. I don't want to. I don't want to detract from your sports show. No, We're talking no, about all this about stuff,
0: no, no. But... No, it's fine because there's not a whole lot of going on, especially with baseball. But yeah, I was going to get get more into uh, more into the hockey and more into some football and stuff. But my question to you is, okay, the other question I had on the air for for callers today is. What is your favorite sports moment? Could be any sport, any time, any date, you know, just what It could be any sport, though. What, what, what was yours if you had to pick one? My, my
3: favorite sports moment, and this, this actually usurps the one in 1969, the New York Mets, Cleon Jones making that, that final catch and the place going nuts. The 1969 70 Knicks, right. when they beat Chamberlain's uh, Lakers for the, for the title in right. 1970. That that in and, and Frazier outplays Jerry West. Uh yep. it, that's my favorite. when they win that championship, that's my favorite for, sports moment because guess what? I was sitting there watching it in person for about eight dollars.
2: Right, exactly.
0: I remember I used to go to the garden for seven fifty for a blue seat. I mean
3: that's that's not even it. Now these these kids that are listening to your show right now, can they even have the con even understand the concept of a ticket? Uh, an NBA championship ticket costing about eight fifty and having seats that are right there, right in the action. It was fabulous. My father was, used to take us to the garden. My, I got a friend of mine to go that night.
0: I remember it like it was yesterday. That's, yeah, I know. There's, there's so many. I mean, obviously, for me, you could probably guess which mine is. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's 1994, June 14th is mine. But uh, anyway, Ralph, What's that? No, tell me. Tell me what yours is. Oh, it was the Rangers, 1994 champion. You know, oh, Cup. right. Yeah, okay, so we got it. That's that's the that's the cherry that on top for great, me. That was a great.
3: That was a great moment. You know, I remember top. the yeah. 1972 Rangers and Bruins series when they yeah, right. the Rangers almost almost made it, but except they got Robert, knocked
0: out. Gordon. Yeah, except they lost because Robert Gordon Orr was the best player in the world at that time. Oh, the greatest. That's why. <laughs> Who, who's who's the best hockey player ever on skates? Tell me. In my opinion, that I saw. I mean, guys, that I saw. Because I didn't see he played really for, for Chicago. I mean, when I was you know, you know, in, my, in my youth, and by that time his knees were pretty shot and he was ready to retire. Best player I ever saw as far as, as, as Wayne Gretzky, hands down for me. I mean, mm-hmm. right now I think the best player in the NHL is Connor McDavid. Who plays for the Edmonton Oilers and uh, Nathan MacKinnon? I like a lot of plays for Colorado. Although the Bruins, what an impressive win yesterday! They beat the Colorado Ives, uh who's the have, have the best record in all of hockey. They beat them five-one uh, up at uh, up at TD Bank uh, North Garden yesterday. So uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit the uh, Bruins. And I, the I saw
3: Gordie yeah. Howe play with his sons in the WHA so after a great yeah. career the Hartford, you know, with the, the Red Wings.
0: Yeah, the Hartford Whalers. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yep, I remember. and then that. my
3: favorite goalie of all time, next to Eddie Shackman, I guess, Jerry Cheever, <laughs> the Boston, the stitches. Boston Bruins with the scars yep. on his mask. Yeah,
0: yeah, Cheever used to put scars on his mask. There's a story that Jerry Cheever tells about uh playing against Bobby Hull, and they were losing the game like six to one. They were getting killed, and it was like the end of the game. And Hull comes down the, you know, the side, and you know, like he always does, comes, you know, comes down the left side with that big shot. And he took this big shot, and Cheever's just moved, and he scored. He didn't want to get hit again. He was like, the game's over the heck with us. What am I going to do? So he basically moved over and let the puck pretty much like beat him, you know, because he didn't want to get hit of it anymore.
3: It well, was, think about think the game game how they did they it. No, no hel- In the old days, they had no helmet, right? right? Yep. Jacques Plante had the more modern mask, but yes. he was the only one. They had no helmet, and they had a mask like a Halloween mask yep. on their face. And it, it very minimal protection. The really.
0: first guy the first guy to do that was Clint Benedict, who's in the Hall of Fame in the 1920s, mm. wore a, a mask that really wasn't a mask. It wasn't like a mask, but it only protected, like, the front part of the face and the nose area. It was, like, really very, very uh How about you know, guys like Gil and gray, all these, yeah.
3: these goaltenders that never that had no
0: mask? Oh, yeah. How about Glenn Hall played 500 consecutive games uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks without a mask, and then he calls... Ended his career uh, with Bobby Bobby Orr scoring that goal in the uh, in the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, the famous goal. Well, the, the worst the
3: team ever in the NHL that kind of ruined the sport for a while was the uh, Philadelphia Flyers.
0: <laughs> the, the, the
3: picture of Dave Schultz actually trying to play hockey when he was really a, a fighter on skates. He was no hockey player. No. And you got Bobby, you got Bobby Clark with no teeth skating around these. Those guys, the Broad Street Bullies, they kind of changed that game because when I, I grew up watching hockey, Rob.
2: Me too. And, you know, That's you watch a score. hockey,
3: you watch a hockey game just for the fights. These these fights were monumental.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. They, All right, they, listen,
3: I, I, I'm going to run and let you yeah, field some other calls and listening uh, listening listen tonight. W P A T. The best way to do it is to go to your device, or if you want to go to the radio, it's nine. Yeah, 93 on the AM it, dial, but on, on device. your device it's yep. WPAT. Listen live, and that's the best way to do it. Eight o'clock Eastern tonight.
0: Thanks, buddy. Thanks for thanks for checking in. I appreciate it so much. Oh, I really
3: appreciate. It. You know, I pleasure. love talking to you. you me, know too, that.
0: me too. Me too. Give Cindy my best and love to Mom. So. Oh
3: yeah, my, and you know Cindy's out there listening to every <laughs> every word every word we're we're saying right now. She's really enjoying our country home. She's baking and cooking.
0: She's doing a wonderful job. That's awesome. awesome. So, all right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, right, God man. God bless. All right, talk to you soon. All right. Thank the you. amazing great Ralph Romeo right here on uh, WP8, <laughs> WP, that's his station, right here on WTBR-FM. Uh, we're going to take this time out, and then uh, we'll be back with uh, more WTBR sports talk right after this station break.
2: WTBR-FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did.
1: Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down. While on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Persia County's only rock station, 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial interruption. Impressive. Most impressive. TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR after hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR and also available on podcast. Check it out, it's the Terminator. Hey, when'd you get back, huh? Did you have to shoot anyone?
2: Why are you so distant? Are you not happy to see me? So what's the deal? You gonna get a job now or what? Why are you being so jumpy?
0: Put all that stuff behind you, okay?
1: No one knows what it's like to come back from Iraq or Afghanistan unless they were there. Join other veterans at communityofveterans.org because we know where you're coming from. Brought to you by Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council.
3: Hola, hola. I'm Daisy. Yo soy Marta. Whether you want
1: to learn a little Spanish or get a glimpse of our wonderful Latin roots, join us as we celebrate Latin culture, with music from genres ranging from salsa to bachata. Gain insight on local news, community information, and very special guests. Only on Mundo Latino. Welcoming listeners of all nations on WTBR 89.7 FM. Support for Mundo Latino comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Mexicans, Bigfoot, Koreans, Garbage Pail Kids. We
0: got something for just about everybody. Hipsters. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on WTBR 89.7 FM. That's right, Berkshire Community Radio right here in downtown Pittsfield on beautiful Federico Drive. And uh, if you ever want to come down to the station and check it out, come on down. And they're also looking for programmers, so come on down and check it out. It's a beautiful facility. They did a great job here. They got 10,000 albums here. It's amazing. Imagine moving 10,000 albums. <laughs> I can't imagine. I have a ton of records at home. Not 10,000, but I can't imagine moving 10,000. Anyway, Robbie Zucker, keeping you company for about another thirty. Two minutes or so, right here at WTBR Sports Talk. We're talking a lot about, you know, different things that are going on right now with baseball and so forth. Obviously, negotiations. And you just get this done already. I'm tired of talking about it. I really am. I'm sick and tired of the Major League Players Association and the owners. But who do you think is wrong? Who do you think is right? What can we do to solve baseball? How can we make it more appealing to young people? How can we make the game better? How can we bring back the real baseball on none of this analytical nonsense? Uh, give us a call right now, Four four five five nine four three. 413-445-5943. So we were talking before about free agency in the NFL and specifically three quarterbacks, but we were talking before about Tom Brady and the fact that Brady might come back and I predict this. I just think when you lead the league in, in yards, when you lead the league, you know, in in uh, touchdowns and and uh and completions, I mean, the guy's been unbelievable at 44. It's just absolutely remarkable. It really is when you think about it. Um, But uh, do I want him to come back? No, (laughs) I've had enough of Tom Brady. Have you guys had enough of Tom Brady? I mean, it would be interesting if he came back again, right, and winds up in Indianapolis or Denver. There's a possibility, right, playing for the Broncos and John Elway out there. Certainly a possibility. But this guy just has an unbelievable uh, will to go out there and win, and it's just remarkable what the guy does it really is as much as I can't stand it anymore and I can't It was hard enough, you know, being up here, and I always have those two Super Bowl in my pocket. I always do you know every time a patriot fan gives me grief about the giants and how bad they're going, ah, you know we got two in our pocket there against you guys so Anyway, but uh, you know it's always good to uh, talk football with Pat's fans and see what their uh, their opinion is about Tom Brady. Not even though he's still, you know, he's been gone for a couple of years. Anyway, four one three four four five five nine four three. Give me a call. How can we fix baseball? What can we do? How can we speed up the game? Can we bring back speed? Can we get managers to stop over managing the game and coming out and taking starting pitchers out in the fifth inning based upon pitch count? Can we let pitch count get a little, you know? away from the game can we can we stay away from the pitch count nonsense and the numbers and all the garbage that you know analytics provides in my opinion yeah there's some advantage to analytics they used to call it advanced scouting remember the word advanced scouting they used to call it that now it's analytics and quite frankly it's just annoying as can be um, and there's just too much of it there's just too much of it in the game and yes i know i talk about the shift all the time and how much i can't stand it think about the beauty think about the absolute beauty of fielding a baseball. So, all right, think about a guy like Ozzie Smith. Ozzie Smith, to me, the greatest shortstop I ever watched play, okay? I mean, he did somersaults and handsprings. After he, I mean, I mean, the guy was unbelievable, okay, and also became a very good hitter uh, when he came over from, um, uh, from San Diego early in his career. The guy was a genius at shortstop. I mean, he didn't need anybody near him. And the beauty of baseball is fielding. I mean, defense is such a wonderful part of the game. And uh, I've heard some people suggest, well, if you're going to shift, then bring in an outfielder, like a risk-reward situation, which would make sense. If you're going to shift, okay, fine, you want to shift, take your right fielder and bring him in and have five guys in the infield, okay? And have a risk-reward situation because if the guy obviously hits the ball the right field, if the ball keeps going, he might get an inside-the-park home run. Who knows, as fast as someone could be, like you get a Mookie Betts, right? Or some kind of player like that who's really fast. I mean, it's a risk-reward situation, and that makes sense. If you're going to shift, then take one of your outfielders out. I mean, it would look ridiculous when Joey Gallo was up last year and they were playing four outfielders and moving all the way to the right side. It was insane. And Gallo finally got the idea. So he said, oh, I'm going to bunt and lay one down the line. And it was ridiculous watching all these outfielders, like, run all the way across the other side of the, of the field to try to get this ball. I mean, it just, it's just ridiculous. You want to bring back baseball the right way? bring back bunting, bring back squeeze plays, bring back steals, bring back hit and runs, bring back the, the, the enjoyment and the entertainment of, of, of watching these athletes feel the baseball. I mean, it's so ridiculous. And they show you that dumb little CG, you know, that stupid thing where the, where the players are. We know who's playing. <laughs> we know who's playing the infield. You don't have to tell us every time who's in the infield. It's just, it's become ridiculous. It really has. And relief pitcher, pitcher after pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. And the funny thing is they tried to make this three batter minimum uh, rule in baseball to speed up the game so they don't bring as many pitchers in. But that rule makes no sense because what you're doing is you're basically taking the game away from the manager. I mean, if you have to bring in a left-hander because you have a tough left-handed bat and there's a three batter minimum rule and the guy hits a home run, your hands are tied as a manager. So that that's a dumb rule. So get rid of that. Get rid of the 7-inning doubleheaders which are ridiculous. And if you're going to have a 7-inning doubleheader, then let one person go to a ball game. Don't tell somebody they're going to pay a, a th- you know $1,000 or whatever, you know, I'm being, you know, I'm exaggerating, but don't don't tell me I'm going to pay $200 for a seat at Yankee Stadium in the low section and I'm going to su- subject myself to only 7 innings and then go home? I want 14 innings of baseball. I want a doubleheader. I want to sit there all afternoon and watch baseball. I'm not going to be there for seven innings. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So tell me how you feel about this situation. 413-445-5943, the number to call. we got about 20 minutes right here on WTBR Sports. So I'm going to turn the page a little bit to the Boston Bruins and the Rangers and the local hockey teams. The Bruins absolutely impressive last night with a 5-1 beating of the best team in hockey right now, who to me still has a flaw. The, The Avalanche still have a flaw, even though they have the best record in hockey. Pasta two goals, Bergeron a goal. Um, even Jake DeBrus gets a goal yesterday, and Charlie Coyle gets a goal. Charlie Coyle's a good player. He really is a good player. And, you know, the Rangers coming off a 2-1 victory in Ottawa the other day and a game where, you know, Ottawa played hard. Ottawa's a good young team. I mean, they have some, some talent. They have some pretty good talent on that young team. And uh, the, every time they, the Rangers go to, uh, up to Ottawa, they give them a tough game. So the Rangers on a power play goal uh, by Artemi Panera and wins the game uh, 2-1 against Ottawa. And now the Rangers come up with a big weekend on Thursday. They have the Capitals. And then on Sunday, they play the Pittsburgh Penguins for the first time this season. The Penguins, of course, you know, having a tremendous year. Crosby, you know, has just scored his 500th goal which is amazing. Malkin is back. Of course, they have Rust, Then they have Jake, Jake Gensel and a very young, good goaltender in Tristan Jari, who's having a terrific year. So so that'll be interesting the next couple of games because they have to play two tough teams, both in their division, both the Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. doesn't get easier for the Rangers. It gets more difficult. And then we look at the trade deadline between these two teams. We look at the Boston Bruins. What do the Bruins need? You know, what do the Rangers need? Um, as far as the Bruins go, I mean, you know, I'm very, very impressed with young Jeremy Swayman. I really am. I think he's going to be a terrific goalie. I mean, the kid is really good. I didn't realize he was this good. And he's got a chance to be their number one guy, which right now he is. Let's be honest. And they signed, you know, they signed um, for to, like, a a long-term contract. So, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to play or if Swayman's going to play. I guess he's going to go who's ever hotter. But right now, Swayman's the guy. And uh, he's played terrific. He was terrific yesterday and uh, continues to play well. And right now, you know, you look at the Bruins. They're 29-17-4. They're in fourth place. They're 10 points in front of the Red Wings. So they got some comfortability there. Um, Could they move up a little bit? Possibly. Um, But I don't think they're going to catch the top teams, obviously, in the division with Florida and uh, uh, with... uh, with Tampa Bay who Florida's just so good. I don't know if anybody's seen the Panthers play this year, but these guys are unbelievable. They've scored over 200 goals this season. It's insane how many goals the Panthers have scored and they have great players on that team. You know, obviously Jonathan Huberdeau and uh you know, is a terrific player and and just, you know, they're they're solid. they're just a solid, solid team and they added a lot of different pieces this year so the Florida Panthers are a really good team and then Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay I mean let's be honest Tampa Bay's still the team to beat to me in the NHL uh they're the champs they've been the champs the last two years but anyway looking at the Bruins pieces that they need you know with David Krejci being gone and the center position to me for the Bruins is something I think they can improve upon. They can go out and get themselves another center or another winger. They need a little bit more scoring. Let's be honest. It's the same thing with the Rangers. I mean, they have the same issues, you know, with scoring depth. You don't get a whole lot of scoring from the third and fourth lines of the Bruins. You don't get a whole lot of scoring from the third or fourth lines of the Rangers. It's mostly Sabata Jad and Crider's and having a tremendous season. And and obviously Panarin and Ryan Strom. And, you know, uh, that's really, you know, their. that that core. Now, Lafreniere is playing on the top line with both Kreider and Zabattajad, so the kid has been asked to be on a top line. He's a pretty good player, you know. I didn't think he was going to be... i don 't know I thought he'd be more developed now, even though he 's young. I, I thought maybe he 'd be a fifty sixty point guy you know coming into the season, but uh, obviously that hasn 't happened yet and but I do see some good things. he works really hard on the ice uh, he's, he's improved his two way play and, uh, and obviously capo is injured right now he 's another guy that i 'm not going to give up on. I think capo's a, a, a guy who can uh, can play in corners he gets he needs to get a little stronger a little bigger he 's improved his defense as well so but uh, anyway so the uh, the Rangers coming off that win in the, against the Senators, and then, of course, the uh, Bruins with a really, really impressive win last night against the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche is 36-10-4. They have the best record in the NHL, and obviously Nathan McKinnon is a tremendous player. Uh, Landis Gogg is terrific. Kale uh, McCarr, you know, McCarr is a terrific defenseman. Uh, Rantanen, they just have a super talented team. Uh, Nasim Kadri, they just have a really talented team. The one thing to me about the Avalanche, though, and – you know, they went out and they got Darcy Kemperer to play goal, and Philip Grubauer is now playing Seattle. But Darcy Kemperer has had a tremendous season. The question is, is Darcy Kemper the guy to take him to the Stanley Cup? Do the Colorado Avalanche have a guy on their team with a championship pedigree with a ring on their finger? I don't believe they do. So I, if I am the organization, if I'm Colorado's organization, I want to go out and get a guy who's won a cup. A guy who can be, you know, uh, can sort of lead the way for them. So we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. But um, it's going to be interesting what teams do, what teams... Uh, you know, will give up. Obviously, Montreal Canadiens in last place now. They actually won two games. It was kind of fun being a Ranger fan and hating the Islanders and watching Montreal win in and shoot against the Islanders the other day uh, in Long Island. I mean, the Islanders losing to the lonely Canadians who, who have only 10 wins on the season. But, uh, you know, the Canadians, obviously, they're going to be out there looking for young players and maybe moving some veterans. And now Jeff Gordon, who ran the Rangers for so many years, is now at the helm of the Montreal Canadiens. And my buddy Marty St. Louis, coaching the Montreal Canadiens, and I can't think of a better guy, and I wish him so much luck as a head coach with the Canadiens. Here's a guy you who know, came to the Rangers on a trade at the end of the season, the trading deadline, lost his mother during the playoffs and took the Rangers to the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost in five games to the Kings, but they battled hard and they played their rear ends off. And uh, Marty St. Louis was such an inspiration to New York, such an inspiration to the Rangers in 13, and I can't say enough about his... leadership. I can't say enough about his class, and I wish him the best as a head coach in Montreal. 413-445- 5943. Robbie Zucker taking you for another 15 minutes right here on WTBR Sports Talk. If you give me a call, tell me what you hate about Baseball and what you want to improve about it. Uh, tell me what you think about the free agent situation with the NFL. Tell me what you think, what's going on with the local teams, the Celtics, the Knicks. Obviously, the trade deadlines have passed. Uh, the Celtics have been on a roll until they lost to the Lonely Pistons. But anyway, give me a call and let me know what you think about what we can do, what can we do to make baseball better. So 413-445-4234. We'll take a little break, and then we'll be back uh, with more WTR TBR
2: Sports Talk.
0: You put your keys between your knuckles. Someone approaches you and you cross to the other side of the street.
2: You lock the door behind you, maybe twice. Now you feel safe. You think you've made the right choices to protect yourself. Think again. Because if you're not eating right,
0: if you're not active, or if you smoke, you're putting yourself at risk for disease. Learn to protect yourself from yourself at everydaychoices.org. A message from the American Cancer Society, American Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, and the Ad Council.
1: Just when you thought radio was getting dull, WTBR has something to brighten up your night. Really? It's called TBR After Hours, and overnight Saturday at midnight, you'll hear a solid hour of a recording artist or band, the hits, as well as deep traps with limited commercial interruption.
2: Impressive. Most impressive.
1: TBR After Hours is hosted by The Minster. Isn't that the same guy you hear on classic TBR? Hmm. It's TBR after hours, overnight Saturday at midnight, right here on WTBR and also available on podcast. Check it out, it's the Terminator. Hey, when'd you get back, huh?
2: Did you have to shoot anyone? Why are you so distant? Are you not happy to see me? So what's the deal? You gonna get a job now or what? Why are you being so jumpy?
0: Put all that stuff behind you, okay?
1: No one knows what it's like to come back from Iraq or Afghanistan unless they were there. Join other veterans at communityofveterans.org because we know where you're coming from. Brought to you by Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. Hello, my name is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. As you know, decisions we make every day can affect us for the rest of our lives. What you may not realize is that you are 23% more likely to be involved in a collision while you are texting and driving. That means texting and driving makes you 23 times more likely to cause a crash. Every day in the United States, nine people are killed and more than a 1,000 are injured as a result of a crash caused by a distracted driver. Remember, put down the phone and arrive alive. Don't text and drive. This message is brought to you by the Pittsburgh Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. You guys rock.
0: WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk. We got about 10 minutes left in our program. 413 445 5943. Give me a call. Talk about anything you want in the world of sports. We talked today about basically how to fix baseball. And we were joined by our guest as our weekly spot, as always, Ralph Romeo. Thanks for joining us right here. And uh, tune into his show tonight. It's a great show if you haven't got a chance to listen to it. Uh, And um, anyway, so we're talking about how to improve baseball, how to improve it. You know when I when I look at baseball, I, I you know I just the lack of speed. That's what gets to me. It's just the lack of speed. And uh, you know when I look at baseball, I think about three hundred hitters. You know I used to love watching guys hit Tony Gwynn and George Brett and Wade Boggs and going back to when I was a kid. You know Rod Carew and. You know, guys like that, that was, there was an art to hitting now. Now, you know, you hit and the, the ball goes to the guy right away. it's He's shifting over and what was a 300 hitter suddenly becomes a 240 hitter. I mean, last year, I think the league average was like 240. It's pathetic. Get rid of the shifting. Just get rid of it, man. You know and and we will see so much better baseball you'll see 300 hitters you'll see so much better baseball if you just get rid of the shifting it's just annoying as hell and from even from a from you know from a, an aesthetic point of view it looks absolutely ridiculous it really does <laughs> It just looks so dumb you know and when I'm listening to Sterling on the radio he's like oh three fielders on the right side uh, four fielders on the left side I mean it just it's just so ridiculous and uh, I get absolutely tired of it so I was going to talk about my favorite sports moments and like he said you don't know, want to chime in talk about your sports Favorite sport moment? And uh, let me know 4455943. I guess we'll go around the horn here. Uh, when I think of uh, hockey, obviously the 1994 Cup comes to mind, but there was a 1979 Ranger team that was fantastic. They got to the finals. They beat the Islanders at the time. The Islanders had the best record in all of hockey in uh, the 78 79 season, and the Rangers beat them in six games. In fact, I drove over with my father years ago. We didn't have cable television. In fact, my father was very instrumental and getting cable TV to uh, to the uh, uh, southern Westchester area uh, when we were kids. So I never saw Ranger games uh, at home on TV, you know, unless they were playing on CBS or something, you know. But, you know, I always saw the games on the road, so or unless I was there at the game itself. So, so uh, it was great, but uh, we couldn't get the cable. So game six comes up, and, of course, my brother and I are, like, whining to my dad, please, can we go? So my dad and I and my brother, we drive over the bridge to New Jersey, uh, to my dad's friend Harry's house and uh, watch the game, and uh, it was great. It was really exciting. I was a uh, a 14-year-old kid, and it was fantastic. And the Rangers beat the Islanders, and, of course, they lost to Montreal, uh, that dynasty, in uh, five games. But uh, John Davidson had played unbelievable for that run, and uh, he got uh, the first win. The Actually, the Rangers won the first game of that series against Montreal, and then they lost the next four, and Davidson got hurt. He was never the same, but uh, that was a great run. I look at basketball. Well, I got to look, obviously, as a kid, uh, the 73 championship. But I was too young, you know, to really appreciate it. So I guess I got to look to the uh, to the Nick run uh, against Houston, which they could have won. You know, I think of John Starks, you know, shooting like three for 18, you know. Maybe he should have driven to the basket, you know, and actually dunked the ball. But, uh, oh, my goodness, I was yelling at, you know, at Riley, get him off the court, get him off the court. You know, was three for 18 from three, it killed him. But uh, that run was great. Obviously, the uh, spree Rail led Knicks uh that uh, got to the finals and got beat up by that great San Antonio team but that was still an amazing run. Uh baseball for me, my favorite team for the Yankees. Well, obviously, obviously my my favorite moment as a kid uh was the 76 uh uh American League Championship Series against Kansas City when Chris Chambliss hits the walk-off home run against Mark Littell, and everybody's running on the field, and Rizzuto's going crazy, and uh, and, uh, it was just an amazing moment. I was 11 years old, and I remember calling my friend Rich up the street and going, oh, my God, you know, we were so excited that the Yankees had actually got to the World Series. It was the first time for me. And uh, then, of course, Reggie Jackson with the 78 team. Um, But uh, my favorite team from the Yankees has to be the 96 Yankees you know a team of really good guys that uh you know overachieved that season young player Derek Jeter's first season obviously Andy Pettit you know being a rookie and uh you know winning all those games and you know because you know veins like ice water down in uh game uh, uh game 5 of the series against Atlanta which he pitched unbelievably and uh that that's probably my favorite uh, yankee team you know i think of that uh that team uh was uh down two games to nothing and uh they had played terribly and the first two games, and Greg Maddox, I, mean, I think, threw 95 pitches in a complete game, shut out against the Yankees in game two, and I knew we were in big trouble. And then Joe Torre makes all those changes. He plays Cecil Fielder, he gets Charlie Hayes in the game, and suddenly the Yankees come up with a couple of wins, and uh, actually a three wins, and they win that game one nothing in uh, game five. And then the funny thing is that the night I was supposed to go to a party for game six, and my fiance at the time... She's like, you know, come to me with this party. I'm like, man, you know, the Yankee game's on. It's game six. They better have a TV there. So uh, I went to this club, and luckily there was a TV there. And the only guys that were watching the game were myself and the bartender, who was a Yankee fan. And it was really funny, and we were just kind of hanging there. And uh, the Yankees won the World Series that night with John Wetland making everybody nervous as he always did. You know, with Mariana was lights out with John Wetland. It was like, oh my God, is he actually going to win the game? And Atlanta kept threatening in the ninth inning, like, oh my God, let's get this over with. And finally, they won. And like, I didn't know this guy from Adam. You know, and I ran behind the bar. We're both jumping up and down, hugging each other. It was really funny. So, but that uh, was a great moment for me as far as uh, baseball goes. When it comes to football. Obviously, uh, the uh, Giants winning the Super Bowl in 1986 and beating the Broncos. And uh, that was a tremendous run in the LT teams. And even the, even when the first time the Giants made the playoffs when I was a kid, when Joe Daniello, uh kicked the Giants to the playoffs, I think it was 1981. And uh, they actually made the playoffs for the first time in my lifetime. And it was pretty cool. And uh, that was another great moment as far as football goes. And obviously, the Giants in 1990. Against the uh, Buffalo Bills when they were, I think they were 13 or 14 point underdogs in that game, and nobody gave them a chance whatsoever. So, 413 445 5943. We have about four minutes left in our program. We're here every Tuesday on WTBR, and at four o'clock this afternoon on WTBR, check out Beatles Forever. What a great show! I check it out every week, and it's fantastic if you're a Beatles fan like I am. Uh, check that out at 4 o'clock. There's a lot of great programming here on WTBR. Uh, Larry Crocker with his uh, great sweet country music. Uh, my buddy Mike Pezzo with his uh, uh, show Mike's Amazing Music on Thursday afternoons at 12. Berkshire Jazz with Phil Tierney on Saturday nights is always fantastic. So a lot of great programming right here on WTBR. You can go on TBR.com uh, go on to the fantastic website that we have here check out all the shows and you can contribute right online at WTBR 89.7 FM and thank you so much to the staff here. I always enjoy it when I come in and uh, do a show. It's always a lot of fun, so for me, and uh, like I said, 413-445- 5943. This is a call-in show, so uh, if you are calling in, please do, because I'd love to talk to you especially about what we can do to actually fix baseball And uh, if you have any thoughts also, obviously, on the Celtics, the Bruins, the state of the Red Sox as well. We didn't get much into the Red Sox, but um, right now baseball's sort of stagnant. Nobody's really signed anybody. (laughs) Boston signed Michael Walker. That was the big move so far. But, uh, you know, I think Red Sox fans should be pretty, pretty comfortable with, um, you know, their, their upper management right now. I mean, Chaim Blum is a smart guy. He built those teams in Tampa. And he knows how to use money, and he understands the farm system. He understands the minor league system. He hires good people, and uh, they will be fine. I think the Red Sox will be fine for a while. And, uh, you know, they have Jackie Bradley back, which I think is great. I don't think they should have ever let him go. I think he's a guy who, when he's healthy, is the best center fielder in baseball defensively. And when you have that type of defense in center field, you can save a lot of runs. And I think they're in good shape. They'll be fine. Developing players at the minor league level. As far as the Yankees go, you know, the Yankees need a lot of help right now. But will they be a playoff team? Perhaps. Um, pitching is always a question mark with the Yankees. You know, obviously, you know, you have you have Garrett Cole, but it's Garrett Cole in a cloud of dust. You don't know, you know, Hermans of the world and some of the young you know pitchers they have. And is Severino going to come back? Is he going to be healthy? And is he going to be able to pitch the way he used to pitch? So a lot of questions for the Yankees. Obviously a question, at shortstop question right now at left field. Is Gallo going to be back? Are they going to trade him? What are they going to do with him? Uh, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, Sanchez coming back, obviously I wasn't happy about that. Uh, his trade value certainly has gone down a lot in the last few years with his numbers diminishing. So, you know, there's a lot of question marks in the Yankees as far as the Mets go. You know, I think the Mets are in the best shape right now. The Mets certainly, with a lot of acquisitions um, this season, obviously the big one being Max Scherzer, $43 million a year, man. <laughs> that guy makes more money in two minutes than I make <laughs> in an entire year. How is that possible here in America, Right. 40 who needs 43 million dollars a year obviously it's it's just so crazy 43 million dollars a year it's just nuts anyway i hope everybody had a great time and uh we'll see you next week same bad time same bad channel anyway this is robbie zucker signing off for another tuesday right here on wtbr sports talk we'll see you next week tune in for great programming right here on wtbr Remember the number to call, 413-445-5943. Everybody be well. Stay safe. Go out and get vaccinated and stay well. And we'll see you soon right here on 89.7 WTBR Sports Talk. Take care.